0: Uh, What's happened here? Well, I need a couple of good stiff drinks. How about you, Angel? You want a drink? (laughs) TGIF, it's Manson Mitchell with Gary Manson, Suzanne Mitchell. A double shot of good conversation with great guests to jumpstart your weekend. Manson Mitchell, you're on the air. Thank you, Eric Kramer. Season's greetings, everyone. Happy Friday. Hope it's the start of a good weekend for you. I'm Gary Mance. I'm Suzanne Mitchell. Together, we are Mance and Mitchell in your ears for the hour. And it is our privilege, week in and week out throughout the year, except when he's on vacation, of course, to work with the famous <laughs> bad boy, Benny Mathers, at the board. He's here today. Good to see you, buddy. Good to
1: see you, too. And first of all, um, I never take vacation. You should know that. I'm always sitting here. <laughs> Second of all, I could probably use a stiff drink after the delayed a little bit sorry to our listeners. We had some technical stuff, but we got it all ironed out. We're good to go. We're good to go.
2: We love them. That's what I'm hoping for, for Christmas. Just more.
0: Yeah, absolutely. No, thank you. I, I love it when things work out in a timely way, because just as one example, and I mentioned this quickly before we bring on our honored guest of the hour, our good friend, Josie Varga, that, um, I had to move a dental appointment because Suzanne and I are traveling to Chicago for the holidays there. I always like to make my appointments Tuesday at 2 p.m. just because they're easier to remember mm-hmm. Tuesday at two, Tuesday and two, not Thursday at three. And other than that, I guess I don't go to the dentist. So it turns out that that didn't work out. And uh, the nice lady at the office said, uh, let me see if somebody else cancels, you know, we'll put you in for like the end of January. Try to get you in before whatever times work best. And lo and behold, after we had our phone call yesterday, I received a call this morning from the same lady saying, somebody canceled yesterday. Can you fit in next Tuesday at 2 p.m.? Can I See, fit in next I Tuesday? I mean, come on. It doesn't work <laughs> any better mean. than that. <laughs> there, so let the universe handle it. Let go and let God, as the old saying goes. You know, You don't have to figure out every detail unless you like spending your time that way. But whatever you want, God's got it including the right. See, God God is invested in my dental health. I think that's, that says a lot for the deity right there. But here we are. We're talking to Josie Varga today, Suzanne, about something that just came up in conversation with Josie after our recent meeting with the lady and her husband, wonderful people. And we were in New Jersey going to Newark where you can get some fine Brazilian food, I'll have you know, and you can stuff yourself if you want to at this Brazilian steakhouse that operated rather like a buffet. We got to meet someone. We always said, we swear we're going to get together. And Josie, we did it.
2: We have a bunch of people like that. Now, she's on the list of friends we've met in person. That's right. So that's Instead it. of
0: on the air or looking at her through Zoom, she's looking good. So this, yeah. I think it's time that we bring her on and talk about a subject that our listeners may find intriguing, if not nostalgic, if not quaint, because we're not really going for quaint. We want to know if this really happens. People sometimes report afterlife visits from their loved ones on the other side at holiday time. Season's greetings, indeed.
2: Josie Varga is a former magazine editor and communications consultant. She's written at least six books that I know of. And when I read the titles of her books, you'll really have a sense about what she's up to. Her first book was called Footprints in the Sand, a disabled woman's inspiring journey to happiness. She wrote Visits from heaven make up your mind to be happy visits to heaven divine visits and a call from heaven so she's all about the communications between heaven and earth and we are so pleased to know this lady we are pleased to have met her and we are very pleased to have her joining us today to talk about visits from heaven so welcome once again to manson mitchell Josie varga
1: hello guys
0: how are you We're doing well. Doing pretty well, and you look as good as the last time we saw you.
1: Thank you. I'm happy to move over to that list of people you've met. (laughs) It's a short list, Josie. It's
2: a short list. We know so many people on the radio that we've never seen in person. And what was the first thing I said to you when I saw you in person? Oh, my gosh, you're a tall person. I just pictured from all the times we've been on air and all the conversations we've had that you were very, very petite maybe five foot or five foot one and all of a sudden there's this woman who's the same height as me and I'm going
1: oh my gosh you're tall you're tall (laughs) I never thought of you as tall I thought the same thing about Gary because I didn't thought I didn't think Gary was as tall as he is so when I walk (laughs) in and Gary and Gary stands up and I'm like Oh, my God. He just hard. keeps going. He just keeps going. <laughs> like, oh, my
0: God. <laughs> it, it, stopped, it stopped by about my 18th birthday. I, I was done with the growing there and still trying to get shoes that fit me there. So, yes, I mean, it's interesting, though, Josie, because you get to meet people that you've done business with, that you've been on the air with in this case, and you find out what interests you. What do you and your husband do recreationally? Where do you like to go for a meal and just sort of habituate ourselves to guests that we've treasured over the years, but we had never managed to get together until recently?
1: Yeah, well, like I said, I'm happy to move over to that list, and I hope that we'll see each other quite more often.
2: Uh, we plan on doing that. We we really enjoyed our trip to the uh, New Jersey and New York areas, and we, we plan to do that more often. We're going to make that a regular trip so we will see you regularly
1: okay i'll count on it
2: we um we were very interested at this time of year during the holiday season when people feel all different ways they feel rushed they feel put upon they feel overwhelmed they feel they feel sad for people that they've lost at holiday time they feel happy that they're putting together holidays for children relatives friends i mean people feel all different ways But what is sort of lingering there in the background is the people who are not with us on this earthly plane. And we thought today would be a great day to to say that our loved ones are not lost somewhere in heaven. They are actually celebrating with us. And in many cases, they are attempting a communication with us. And if, if we are of a a mind, we might actually receive that communication.
1: Absolutely. I mean, all, first of all, let me say, I understand that firsthand because I lost my father this year, February 13th. Mm-hmm. So I understand the pain. And it has been, uh, you know, very, very difficult. And I, I happened to be talking to a good friend of mine which is girl Santina. And I told her that I was coming back on this show and she's very intuitive, has had many things happen, you know, and I said to her, I said, Santina, have you ever experienced anything around the holidays? And she said to me, well, yeah, don't you remember? I told you the story. And I'm like, well, tell me again. So um, this is what happened to Santina. Santina uh, also lost her father in February. So this particular year, she got a phone call from her dad and her father asked her to go pick up prune juice and she said she would normally, you know, rush and go get the whatever her father needed. But on this particular day, she was busy, you know, she didn't run and go get it. Her doc her father ended up being rushed to the hospital two days later and a week after that, he passed away. So when her father passed away, obviously, she felt really guilty. Now, fast forward to December of the same year. It's a week before Christmas. She's missing her father. She goes to sleep. She has a vivid, vivid dream. In the dream, she sees her father in her living room. And she said, every year, they would set up like a table in the living room. And her father had this one particular chair that he would always sit in. So in the dream, he's sitting in this particular chair and he's wearing a red sweater that she gave him many Christmases before. And every year after that, her father would wear this sweater on Christmas. So she knew her father was telling her that it was Christmas time in the dream, you know? So the father looks at her and says, Santana, don't feel guilty. I'm okay. She says, dad, what are you doing here? Right? She said, she looked at him shocked in the dream. She said, dad, what are you doing here? Well, her father looked back at her and he said, I'm okay. I'm with Mary. Okay. The dream ends. She wakes up in the morning. This dream is still on her mind. She works in retail. So she goes to the store where she worked. She said it was a busy day, you know, a week before Christmas. This customer comes up to her. And for some reason, she ends up having a very deep conversation with this customer, this complete stranger. And the woman looked at her and said, What's the matter? You know, you seem like something is bothering you. So Santina says to her, well, t- tells her about her father's death, but doesn't tell her about the dream. OK, so the woman looks at her and says. You took good care of your father. Your father is OK, you know, and so she, she was like, oh, and she says to Santina and don't feel guilty. So t- Santina was like, what? You know, how does how does complete stranger know that? <laughs> so she looks at the woman and she says, um, what's your name? And what does the woman say? Mary. Oh. Okay. Wow. But Okay. Now, now when she told me that, okay, I had goosebumps that went through me. Okay. But there's two ways to look at that. So Santina, at first, when her father told her that he was with Mary in the dream, she assumed it was the Virgin Mary, right? Then the next day when she meets this woman, She's like, well, maybe he didn't mean he was with the Virgin Mary. But I, I think there's two ways to look at that. Either her father really was with the Virgin Mary and he put this woman in her path the next day with that name as a confirmation to her, hey, you know, it really, it really was me the night before. Or it wasn't Mary, but he put that woman in her path again as a confirmation to let her know that it was him. That is a that was a beautiful story.
2: I do like that story. That's, that's very good. And, and a holiday time story. I think that our our loved ones are thinking about us when we're thinking about them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you mentioned something about her feeling really guilty. Gary and I were having an earlier conversation about, um, you know, when people pass, The ones who are leaving the earthly plane to go into another dimension, maybe a heavenly plane, they're happy to get rid of the aches and the pains and the injuries and the illnesses and all the things that, you know, make life less than wonderful. And they're okay. But they worry about the people over here who are not okay who are missing them, who are feeling bad, who are feeling, you know, lost and sad
1: and guilty. Not only that, it, you know, they can hear our thoughts. They can feel our thoughts. Okay. So, so yes, they can, you know, we're over here and we're upset and we're missing them, but they're happy over there and they can see us anytime they want. It doesn't mean that they didn't want us to still be with us, but they are still with us. Yes. You know, they are still with us Um, and they do whatever they can to let us know that they are still with us. There's another uh, story that I came across and it, it really got to me. This girl was writing about her cousin. His name was Zeke. And he she said he died from an opioid overdose. Okay, So Christmas comes and she said she read that Red Cardinals were supposed to be a sign from the afterlife. You know, a sign saying that, you know, hey, I'm still with you. And that's true. The red cardinals are a sign from the afterlife. So what she decided to do was buy blank ornaments and hand paint a picture of a red cardinal on each ornament and hand them out to her family members in her cousin's memory. Okay. She shows up at her aunt's house on Christmas Day She looks over at the Christmas tree. The Christmas tree is bare. It has one ornament on it, and that's her cousin Zeke's picture. It has lights on it, but the the lights aren't lit up. So she goes over to her aunt and she says, how come there are no ornaments on the Christmas tree? And her aunt says, I went everywhere. They were all sold out. I couldn't find any ornaments. And not only that, the lights don't work. The lights will not come on. So she says to her aunt, okay, well, I have ornaments. How about if I put them up after dinner? Her aunt says, okay, fine. So after Christmas dinner, she goes over to the tree. She gets to work hanging up all the ornaments of all the red cardinals, right? As she's putting that last ornament on the tree, the lights suddenly go on.
2: Oh my gosh.
1: These are lights that the, you know, the mother could not get to work yeah. So one one thing that people have to understand, like uh, a lot of people can say, well, oh yeah, well that's just a coincidence. Timing is very important here. Yes. What you know what I mean? That's yes. that's the thing. Timing. What's the you know you know what are the chances that the, this light run on exactly at the same moment that she put that last ornament on the tree? Yeah,
2: that's quite the coincidence, isn't it?
1: It is. So like I said, um, you know, our loved ones want us to know that they are okay, and they will find and they will find ways to do it. That's for sure. They will find ways to do it.
0: I love that. I love that. I'm curious enough to ask. And here I introduce a note of skepticism just because I want to keep everything on an even keel, Josie. When people tell you that Cardinals, for example, represent or symbolize visits from the afterlife or from these are like messengers from the other side in a manner of speaking how would anyone know that because when i go to chicago at about anywhere in the midwest and even recently suzanne and i on a walk saw a cardinal here in sarasota where we live that's not seen very often once in a while but i don't attach any supernatural meaning to it because cardinals exist as a species of bird in america and other places they
1: they communicate with us in a way that they know we understand so if i associate a red cardinal with the afterlife okay then my father might send me a red cardinal because he he understands that i associate that as a sign from him you understand what i'm saying i see and, your and, angle
0: on it yes. right, right yeah
1: you know what i'm saying and you're right it might not have any meaning to any someone else and but but again everything out there is not a sign from heaven you know you you have to pay attention to the timing so if i ask my father for example if i say dad i'm really missing you dad and i and by the way this did happen uh I did say to my father uh, one evening, Dad, I really miss you, Dad. I need a sign from you. And when I got up the next morning, I pulled up the blinds, and right outside my window was a red cardinal. And I thought, well, that's really something, but you know what? I need more. (laughs) That's not, (laughs) you know, I need more. And I think that happened like two more, no, three mornings in a row. I kept seeing Mm -hmm. this red cardinal outside my window. And then after I said, "Okay, Dad, I get it," I didn't see that red corner anymore. So again, it's it's all about okay. They know that we associate that sign with them. What we what we recognize, we see more of. If I if my, my godmother, my godmother died on February tenth. I always see dimes. I associate dimes as a sign from my godmother, and I can't tell you. I have a little angel box four of them. Okay, mm. so what they know we recognize, they will repeat.
2: You, you said a couple of things that I really like, Josie, and uh, one of them has to do with meaning, uh, assigning meaning to a certain thing. There was a a time in my life when I had a butterfly poster in my bedroom and I I used to just love the looks of all these butterflies. I kind of moved on from there, but my mom always thought of me as the lady who loved the butterflies. And so every once in a while, I'll be working outside and a butterfly will come and fly in front of me and fairly close, You know, I could almost reach out and touch it. And so when I see butterflies, I go, you know, like, is that you, mom? Are you still associating butterflies with me? And, and so there is that meaning that we assign. And if we do assign that meaning to uh, butterflies, cardinals, dimes, whatever, we can create that connection by Absolutely. that association. So that's number one. The other thing that you mentioned was timing. We can look for... Excuse me, meaning in anything, we can call anything a coincidence, a synchronicity, whatever. But I like that you connect it up with timing. I think that's critical.
1: It is critical.
0: Yes. I, um, you know, when it comes to these sorts of coincidences, I always ask myself if they are meaningful or if they're simply coincidental. Because I've had, well, for example, I just told that story at the start of the hour about uh, you know, dental appointment and how it certainly works out for my convenience. And it's not something over which I had control. I had to be the stimulus by saying, I can't make this appointment. Can we find another? And they searched diligently and didn't have any openings for weeks. And so there we are. And then all of a sudden somebody cancels taking or freeing up, I should say, the very time that I would choose if I could hand pick it. And I'm thinking that's just extraordinary. But is it a statistical anomaly? Or is is it just God's housekeeping if I'm going to give a, a sort of um, theological attachment to it? That's the thing I always worry about. Is this stuff random? Or is there a pattern behind it all that I have to seek to recognize in order to live most effectively?
1: Uh, well, you know, it's it really is what you believe. Um, let me give you another example. I came across this story, um, another one that happened at Christmas time, and it really touched me. Um, there was a woman uh, named Jeannie Hughes, and she shared a story about her son. Um, her son died, I think she said five days after Christmas. His son hit. Uh, her, his car went over black ice and he went off a cliff and he passed away. And one of the things she said is that, uh, the family tradition was taken, you know, you know how many people have a tradition of putting up the tree. And while this woman had a tradition of taking down the tree, she said that every time they would take down an ornament, they would talk about, oh, well, this is the one you made in preschool and you know, whatever. So in her family taking down the tree was a big deal. So after her son passed away, she couldn't bring herself to take down the tree. So Christmas passes. They're now in January. Her husband's saying, you know, uh, do you want me to take down the tree? No, no, no. She's actually getting really mad at her husband. Can't bring herself to take down the tree. Now, guys, we're in February. Okay. She looks over. The tree's still there. All of a sudden, a voice comes in her mind, like a thought comes to her. Well, maybe you should just turn on the lights. So she decides, okay. So she goes over to the tree, she bends down to, to plug in the lights, right? The lights haven't been on in forever. She goes. She bends down to plug in the lights. All of a sudden, her eye catches this glitter in the tree and she looks over and she sees this ornament that she didn't even know was there. Picks it up and it's an ornament from her son, her deceased son. And it says to mom, Merry Christmas, love Stephen." And it was a snow angel. And she said when she saw that angel, it gave her so much peace, like a, like a, a peace came over her. And at that moment, she said to her husband, "Okay, I'm ready to take down the tree. And if you don't mind, I want to do it myself. And her husband said, "Okay." But that one ornament of her son that she found on the tree, she hangs all year round so everybody can see as a reminder that her son is still with her. And I love that story (laughs) because she didn't even know, like, where did that ornament come from? so again timing you know and and again and also with that story the thought comes to her well why don't you put on the lights you know and that's how those on the other side communicate with us they communicate with us telepathically they put thoughts in our mind you know that's how they communicate with us and that's another thing
0: telepathy on top of everything else so much to discuss here let's go ahead and take our break and when we come back We'll do our marketing piece so if you want to get up close and personal with josie varga you don't necessarily have to book a table for six in newark you can actually get online or on the phone or send her an email and do some metaphysical business with this exceptional lady who is a well-regarded researcher of afterlife communications we are manson mitchell give us a couple of minutes we'll be right back here on am 1150. Staying connected with Gary Mance and Suzanne Mitchell is easy. Just go to ManceAndMitchell.com for the latest info on topics and guests. Friend Gary Mance and Suzanne Mitchell on their Facebook pages and like the Manson and Mitchell show page at Facebook.com slash If you're on Twitter, share a follow with Gary and Suzanne
1: at Mance mitchell.
2: On Friday, Manson Mitchell welcomed Josie Varga with stories of holiday visits from heaven and proof that our
0: loved ones are still celebrating with us. On Saturday, Joey Medea joins us for a fun hour of Christmas at the movies. Each generation has their favorites from White Christmas to those Hallmark specials today. Bringing you fascinating talks since 2007. We are Manson Mitchell, Friday and Saturday mornings at 10 on Alternative Talk AM 1150 an alternative to everything else on your radio dial alternative talk 1150.
2: welcome back to manson mitchell and our guest this hour Josie varga god bless john lennon
0: always dear in memory we um, wanted to play imagine for uh, for the most special of reasons we miss him his loss at the age of 40 this time in 1980 i still remember being on the road and uh, I like to listen to the radio. I was about 45 minutes from my home and I turn on my radio, the top 40 stuff right there, as well as the uh, golden oldies. And all I'm hearing are Beatles songs. Then I I switched to another station. I mean, I love the Beatles, but let's see what's on some other station, more Beatles songs, Mm -hmm. try a third one, more Beatles songs. I'm going, all right, this is, this is starting to scare me a little bit. So I, um, I stopped, I got myself some fast food, got back in the car, turned on the radio, more Beatles songs. And then a DJ came on and said, we are dedicating this show tonight to John Lennon shot to death tonight at the age of 40 in New York City. And I tell you the truth, it was easily an hour to two hours where I had this dissociative experience, including getting on a freeway and feeling like my hands weren't steering the car. That was such a shock to me that I felt separated and disassociated from my own body until later in the evening when I could start to get my mind around this. It was so unacceptable. I just didn't wish to be physically present to receive that news. And I'm in my car driving home. So that is my memory. It's as clear as a bell, as clear as yesterday in my own mind. And I'm always curious when these these momentous, especially tragic events occur where people were at the time. and What do they remember from that occasion? Sad as it is, other than the sadness, where were you when you heard? It, it, I remember not, seeing
1: it, I, you know, I remember seeing it on the news like oh, that. It can't be, you know, well, you it, would have
0: been very young for one thing, because I got I, plenty yeah. of years on you, not there, but you saw it on TV. <laughs> <laughs> So Not
1: plenty, you, so... but you know, you have, but I, I, I was younger, but I do remember that. I do remember that. Um, It's it, it's just shocking. I can't believe people would do such a thing, you know?
2: I, I remember seeing it on TV as well. So I think I, you and I had similar um, reactions to it. The first time I heard it was on TV and I stood in front of the TV and I thought, well, that can't be, you know, right. or, or he'll be fine. That was the other thing. I I thought, well, he's not really dead. He'll he'll be fine, and and yeah. he wasn't. You know, he he had moved on, and you know, he's somewhere in heaven. They're having a, a a great old concert up there with all. Yeah, the... That's for sure. Yeah. They're having a
1: great concert with a great with great musicians.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yep, and he among the greatest, among the so greatest. We see you. If if people would like to uh, get one of your many books, now I have a list of six. Do I have the complete list? Here yeah, now? you do.
1: I'm working on number okay. seven and number eight. All right. Um, but Two books yeah. at
2: once. So if people want to get your books or find out more about you and your work and what you do, what are, what's the best way for them to do that?
1: They can go on to my website, which is uh, www.josievarga.com. Um, They can find me on Facebook. Also, I have a, a few groups on Facebook, including visits from heaven where people share their afterlife communication experiences. Um, Good. So, and they can email me. I do my best to, uh, Answer everybody back.
2: (laughs) Ah, very good. Josie Varga is J-O-S-I-E-V-A-R-G-A, josievarga.com. Best place to connect with her. And I like the idea that people can share their stories because I I think if if this isn't part of your normal day-to-day thinking and all of a sudden you're getting a visit from a loved one that, you know, what do I do with this? you know, Gary and I talk about this all the time, but what about somebody who doesn't talk about it all the time? They need a place to go to share that information.
1: They need, not that, they need a place to go and understand that they're not alone. They need a place to go and understand that these, you know, experiences are far more common, uh, you know, than they realize. I mean, they're, It it is amazing. I think when I first started doing this years ago, when I first started researching afterlife communication, some people were hesitant to talk about it. But I found, uh, you know, now it's like, what, almost 20 years? Uh, People are more open, you know, people are more willing to share. I mean, there are a lot of stories online, for example, uh, guidepost.org. you know, I found a few stories on there. One, one of them really touched me. There's a book called um, Thin Places, I think it's called. And there's a woman, Carol Holderby. And she wrote about her husband. Okay, this story really got me. So her husband passed away. And it was September. And she walks into the house and she had a really rough day. You know, has a really rough day. So she comes into the house and she looks over and she sees her answer machine, the lights on, flicking. She goes over and she notices she has, she looks at the caller ID. She has a message from her uncle and a message from her best friend. But it says that she had three messages, but there's no other number on the caller ID, just her uncle and her best friend. She listens to the two messages. She gets the third message. It's her deceased husband. Her deceased husband says, Steve Holderby. He just says his name. And she's like, what? How can that be? She played it like five times. Called up people. They're like, what's going on here? Runs upstairs to his office. Looks at his cell phone. It's still sitting there. The, the cell phone is dead. You know, there's no way he could have called from there. Like, oh my God, there has to be some kind of rational explanation for this. Well, interestingly, and this is something over my years of studying the afterlife, this is also very common. There are a lot of people who, believe it or not, have received messages from their deceased loved ones on their answering machines, on their phones, you know. And typically it comes with static. This woman did not mention any static. But she gets this message from her husband, right? Kind of puts it out of her mind. Now it's Christmas Day. She goes to church. Her daughter is at the house with her son-in-law and her kids. She's getting a jump on Christmas dinner. She walks into the house and she sees the message right blinking. She yells over to her daughter, who called? Her daughter says, nobody. The phone didn't even ring. The mother goes over to the phone, you know, the answer machine, clicks on it. Here's her husband's voice once again. Steve Holderby. She said, oh, your father called. He's wishing us a Merry Christmas. <laughs> okay. Fast forward to February now. Okay. Now, mind you, this happened twice. Okay. Yes. Now now it's February. She just went to a, a Valentine's, Valentine's Day event. Missing her husband, walks into the house, is very angry and grieving and yelling at her husband out loud. Do you know how much I miss you? You know how hard this is? You know, Steve, I need you kind of thing. All of a sudden out of the blue, the message light and the answering machine starts to blink. She walks over to the machine, clicks on it. Steve Holderby, three times. Mm. And and at at that point, she's saying to herself, "You know, this is all unbelievable." But I need proof. I need proof that this is really you. She calls the phone company, and tries to explain to the woman what happened. Okay. The woman from the phone company tries to trace the call. They found no record of the call. Could not trace anything. There was she's According to the woman, there was nothing there so but so again how do you explain something like that and there's a woman uh you know in my book visits from heaven the uh one of the women talked about her son michael and the same thing happened she came home and there was a message from her son michael on the machine that is this is something that is far far more common than people realize um there was another woman Again, it was Christmas day and Christmas evening, she decides to go to bed. She goes to bed and she's, she's woken up by the sound of the phone ringing. Okay. She picks up the phone and she hears, hello there. She says, oh my God, I know that voice. That's my mother's voice. And she says to basically, you know, mom, how could it be? You're dead. And she said her mother replied, oh, come on now. You know, like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking to you. Yeah, like, <laughs> oh, come on now. And then the phone went dead. Okay, that was it. But she said her mother had a, a like a specific Norwegian accent. And it was definitely her mother on the phone. Now, some people would look at that and say, well, she said, come on now, because she didn't know that she was dead. But I don't think it, think of it that way at all. I think she said, "Come on now, because come on now, yeah, I'm I'm still alive." Yeah, you know, I know, I know you think I'm dead, but yeah. I'm still alive. You know, I I had a and I know I, I I think I've talked about this on your show before. I had a similar experience with my uncle Tony. Yes, yeah. remember that uh, my my cousin my cousin's wife was in the hospital dying and I had a dream and my uncle I I was walking down the hospital corridor and I walk into the room and all of a sudden I see my uncle Tony and I said to my uncle Tony the same thing I said uncle Tony what are you doing here you're dead and he looked at me as if to say come on Josie you of all people know that I'm not dead you know so, again, I don't think that the mother in that case was saying, you know, I don't know I'm dead. I think she was saying, you know, come on, no, I'm not really dead. I'm still very much alive. You know, I'm here I'm here to let you know I'm still with you and I'm very much alive. That's the way I took it.
2: The, uh, <laughs> the same thing happened to my brother. And I was thinking about what you said earlier about timing after my dad passed away my brother was going to his house and going through all of his paperwork and um, oh god storage units and garage and basement and crawl space and attic and everywhere cleaning things out after my dad passed away and one night he was sitting at my dad's desk and he was going through Uh, a lot of paperwork on my dad's desk um records that my dad had kept and trying to figure out if he needed to keep them or not keep them or what he should do and his cell phone rang and when he looked at it it said dad yeah it was our dad calling him while he was at the desk and to my recollection it was static when he when he picked it up there was no there was no voice (laughs)
1: Yeah, it's it's, but it's but, was the
2: timing of it—the fact exactly. that he was sitting at my dad's desk, going through my dad's paperwork when he got that call from dad.
0: And exactly, that's what gives you the goosebumps. It also it speaks to a volitional attempt in this case on the part of your father, Suzanne, to reach out to his son. When you said that, you said a whole lot about the nature of life that remains controversial down through the centuries, with you may have a billion people believing this purely on faith you may have the people who are skeptical but remain hopeful in the middle and then other people are saying oh come come we're talking about the malfunction of uh, human technology this goes on and we attach a meaning to it because we tend to think in patterns and to see them accordingly and in this case you heard what you wanted to hear
1: exactly exactly you know gary when we talked the other day one of the things you said to me is, you said, "But Josie, how do they do that? How is you know afterlife communication possible?" And I I thought about that. Um, it's it's kind of hard for us to explain in the body, but the the bottom line is, while we're on Earth, we're restricted to the body, and you know, in spirit, we can do so much more. Like I. I I wanted to mention one thing. There is a Bible verse that I love, and it reads, what is impossible with men is possible with God. And I love that because what it means is, you know, when we, when we die, we're no longer restricted by the body. Um, and basically when you break down the body, what are we, what are we We're energy, right? And that energy, it can't can't be destroyed. And that energy is also in everything and everywhere. So what looks like nothing is actually something and that something is actually a new beginning. Do you know what I mean? This uh, Karen Noe is a a friend of mine and she's a, a psychic medium. And she wrote a book called We Consciousness because she channeled Wayne Dyer. Wayne Dyer, the great author, the great motivational speaker. I was, a big, I was a big fan of his. And one of the things that she said is that Wayne Dyer said, we think of I am, right? But it's not I am, it's we are. He said that we are always connected. We're always connected. We're always together, and that's that is really the reason why we can communicate from the other side. Because in a sense, we never left. You know, we have much more capabilities in spirit than we do in body. Put it that way.
0: I understand that's about capabilities.
1: Yeah, that' in,
2: in, interesting that you say we never left. I mean, there is a part of us, and I've heard this before. A part of us that is actually tethered to the other side—that we don't come over into this physical form one hundred percent—that there is a part of our spirit which is still in the spirit world, and right. maybe that's how those communications can happen because they're spirit to spirit, and then we we get we receive that in our uh, in our bodies, you know, either by hearing it or seeing it.
1: Well, we're always tied to the other side. Like uh, one way to think of it, like some people say, well, there's a veil. There's a veil between here and there. But then there are other people that say there is no veil. Here is actually, I mean, there is actually here. Um, and Karen Noe, uh, I have it here. Karen Noe once said, the most important thing that Wayne Dyer talked about is how we are all one. And we think because you are there. And I am here. That we are different people, but we are not. We are all one, including God, the angels, the ascended masters, deceased loved ones, and nature. In other words, we think we think of it as here and there, but uh, there is no here and there. It's, it's all one. But you know, it's actually a different dimension. I mean, you have to understand that when they are, you know, they're on a different frequency. Okay, they're at a higher frequency. So when they communicate with us, they actually have to, they have to kind of lower their frequency to communicate with us. You know, right. things have to be things have to be right on both sides for them to communicate. So people uh, say to me all the time, "Well, why haven't I heard from my loved one?" Uh, sometimes it's because you know things aren't just right, and other times it's because grief gets in the way. And, and again, I know that from experience, um, you know, I, I, I'm been having a really tough time with the death of my dad. Uh, not because I don't know he's in a better place. I know he's in a better place. Um, you know, no, no doubt whatsoever, but I miss his presence here on earth. Yes.
0: And, yeah. you
1: know, we all, we all do, we all do. They are definitely in a better place than we are. Yeah. I, prom- I promise you
0: that. Yep that great thank you for that opening this makes a, a good segue what in your opinion and stating the matter generally if you have any particular details please share josie there but i'm curious to know when you have all eternity at your disposal so to speak what do people do over there they, they're <laughs> out of this body i mean what do you do you know i i think for example let me i'll just to make this a little more concrete there i because we're free to speculate, I speculate that you look at great musicians throughout history—Mozart, for example, there—or in our day, someone brilliant like Prince, and it could be John Lennon, it could be George Harrison. Name the person who was great and passed on, in terms of music alone. If that's your thing, when you're over there in in, in the eternal dimension, you not only can play music, you can practice, you can invent. Maybe you can write with your thoughts. You can envision what your nef- next lifetime would be like if reincarnation theory holds. And you come back here and you work on improving what you were doing in your last three or four lifetimes. And maybe that accounts for what we call genius, because otherwise it's very hard for me to understand, except for you know DNA and being some kind of genetic freak of nature, that someone is going to be that good at what they do for so long in one lifetime when they maybe only live you know 40 50 60 years how would you pack all of that in with that kind of refinement and genius
1: you know I've thought about that very thing so many times and I guess you could say there are some things guys that we are not going to know until we ourselves go to the other side but from what I understand from all the interviews we get to do whatever we want to do on the other side, and what they say is that we actually have jobs. Some in some ways, we have jobs on the other side, and again, you know, here when you when you sit and you think about it and say jobs, you know, uh, on the other side, it's, it's hard to imagine. But basically, um, you know, you you create whatever you want to create. You you create your own happiness on the other side. And, and on the other side, you can have whatever you want, whatever you, you know, justify as happiness.
0: I love the idea. I I definitely want to believe it. There's still, <laughs> I mean, I'm a Virgo. I can be skeptical. I try to, to look at things through a rational lens whenever possible. But there are just some things that happen or things that I have heard that really make me wonder that if this, if we're just seeing it in a short-sighted way, then the world of science may someday shake hands with religion or with spirituality to understand a greater, much, much greater context of human life. That it isn't all contained within our craniums as we help build a civilization each in our own way. That there really is something after this brief time on this planet.
1: They say that, you know, when I had my experience with my husband's friend, uh, the one who died on 9-11, what I often say is that when I was in the moment, you know that felt like reality to me that was reality and and I, I understood that this wasn't you know um so I kind of think I like to think that this is like kind of a school for us where we we'll come to learn and grow spiritually and then when we get to the other side we understand what really is you know we, we understand our purpose we understand that that is reality and this isn't you know Um, so like, like I said, there, there are some things I think we're just not going to understand until we get to the other side. But, um, if you're asking me, is there life after death? Is there another side? Absolutely.
0: There's no room for doubt with you.
1: No, there isn't. Because I had an experience where somebody who died on 9-11 came to me and, you know, Gave me a message for his deceased wife, which was later validated. Okay, so that's one thing. But all I can say is because I experienced it, it's kind of, hard, it's like somebody who had a near death experience. Okay, I didn't, I, I didn't have a near death experience, but yet when I was standing in front of him, it was such an incredible thing. I mean, it's like I could really sense that it was really him, and and all communication was telepathic. Uh, when I came out of it, I was kind of like, you know, why me? I didn't doubt that the experience was real, but I wondered why did I have the, what I, you know, why was I gifted with this experience in the first place? And then I understood it's because he knew that it was a message that I would get to his wife. If he had gone to somebody else, maybe his wife wouldn't have gotten the message because maybe it wouldn't have been, it wouldn't have been passed on, you know? But, I, I, you know, it was a very, um, it, it was very validating. You know what I, I said to you one time, Gary, for, for those of us that have had these experiences, no proof is necessary. Because our experiences alone, that is is the proof, you know? And that's what I'm trying to get out there. I'm trying to share these experiences with people so that they understand that, um, you know, death is not the end. It is actually a new beginning. Uh, and hopefully, I can get that, you know, hopefully, bring some comfort to people.
0: Oh, I'm quite sure you've done that. You've well, done that <laughs> in spades.
2: Oh, and you've done that in some marvelous writing, marvelous collecting of stories. And I wanted to mention a, a couple of your books again visits from heaven, visits to heaven, divine visits, a call from heaven. These are all on this topic. And if people want to, um, dive deeper into it, I think a good way to do that is to get your books and and read up on on people's stories and find out how common these experiences are.
1: Well, one thing that I wanted to mention, uh, there's a a poem that I've read several times that actually printed out so I could read it. Uh, It's by John F. Connor, and it's called Christmas in Heaven, What Do They Do? On the subject of what they do. Yeah,
0: you got to make it fast, though. (laughs)
1: Come down to earth to share it with you, so save them a seat. Just an empty chair, you may not see them, but they will be there. So, in other words, on Christmas Day, they come down to share Christmas with you. So, leave an empty chair for them.
0: Excellent. And an extra place setting. Thank and extra place <laughs> setting. Thanks,
1: Dr. see. Uh, Thank you, guys. Happy
2: holidays to you and happy new year. And we will look forward to talking with you again in 2023. All right, guys. Love you
1: guys. Bye.
0: Bye. Thank you, Josie. Always a pleasure to talk to her. We hope you have a great weekend. Holiday draws near. Holidays, actually. We hope you enjoy each and every one of them. Thank you so much for listening to us. We'll be back tomorrow, 10 a.m. Pacific, here on AM 1150.